Good afternoon, one and all, and welcome to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour, a conversation about men at home, at work, and at play, with your host, Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Every week, Doug is joined by fascinating guests who tell their own authentic stories and explore all that it means to be a man. And now, here's your host, Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you, moms and dads, boys and girls, for tuning in today to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on MileHighRadio.com. I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad, and so delighted and grateful that you've joined us here today. Our show is another very, very interesting one, promises to be uh, unlike anything you've heard on this show or really elsewhere before. My guest, Sandra Walston, is the courage expert, and we're talking about courage as the untapped reservoir. This being part of our warm-up series for the Whole Man Expo, and I'll be telling you all about the Whole Man Expo. It's a spin-off, an offshoot of uh, one of our sponsors, the Men's Anthology. So uh, do me this favor, if you would, not just because I'm trying to make the top five this week in the rankings on milehighradio.com, but really just because I think with the topic Courage and Sandra Walston, the Courage Expert, in the studio with me, you're going to want to stay tuned and probably let others know that this is a, a great opportunity for them to tune in. You're listening uh, perhaps on your computer, as most people do, streaming milehighradio.com. So it should be pretty easy to send an email to folks to say, uh, point your browser to milehighradio.com and uh, listen to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour with Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad, and his guest, Courage expert, Sandra Walston. Um, if you happen to be one of those folks who's using the uh, TuneIn radio app to listen on the go on your mobile phone, on your, your smartphone through that mobile app, then uh, maybe text or tweet people to let them know that they can get the app and use it to find milehighradio.com. Or maybe uh, if you're... Uh, in your 20s and 30s are particularly good at multitasking. Those are the multitasking generations, I would have to say. Maybe you could pick up the phone quickly, call folks, and let them know that you're listening and uh, you recommend they listen as well. If you want to do something with Twitter that may or may not uh, be your thing, um, my Twitter handle, if you want to tweet a message out or follow me on Twitter, is at Doug Gertner, right? At my name with two G's in the middle. So D-O-U-G-G-E-R-T-N-E. If you're looking for me on Facebook, it's The Grateful Dads, The Grateful Dads uh, on Facebook, and you can uh, like that page. We're trying to get it up toward 500 likes before year end. And if you'd like to see more pictures of me and become my friend, then just find Doug Gertner on Facebook. So all of that is uh, my request and recommendation. If you're interested in what we've been doing, haven't heard every show since we... Uh, came over to milehighradio.com you can go to my show page at milehighradio.com my wonderful show last week uh, with Captain Coy Theobald uh, like my guest today Sandra Walston he'll be, uh, Captain Coy will be one of the speakers at the Whole Man Expo on November 10th uh, we had a great chat last week about Man Walking Beyond and um, I've also had recently the Bobblehead Dad Jim Higley, I've had uh, Professor Abby 
Ferber talking about white supremacy in men. Dr. Sam Sappington and I uh, answered the question, can gay and straight men be friends? I've had Rabbi Brant Rosen talking about the Middle East uh, conflict and peace situation. Mike Thompson came in on the uh, anniversary of the historic March on Washington. We had stay-at-home dads recently. It's all archived for you to listen on demand on my show page at milehighradio.com. So that's a mouthful uh, coming to you on milehighradio.com today from the Mile High City where uh, we're celebrating a uh, what turned out to be a lopsided win by the Broncos yesterday, but not after they gave us a little bit of a scare. And uh, that celebration for me and uh, other sort of uh, dual fanatics, that is, I'm a music and a sports fan, that celebration is being tempered by uh, the music world's loss of uh, a, a true, truly unique and wonderful musician. Lou Reed died yesterday at 71 at his home in New York. No doubt his wife, Lori Anderson, performance artist extraordinaire, was by his side. Lou Reed, founder of the seminal How Do You Even Describe Them band, The Velvet Underground, and a great solo artist in his own right, we won't be playing any Lou Reed today, but I've been talking to our station owner, engineer, and guru, Haas, about um, maybe playing more music on these shows. And so- certainly the music of Lou Reed and Velvet Underground would show up because although they didn't have a lot of commercial success in their day, um, the Velvet Underground really is is part of the foundational lineage to most of the alternative music that I love and listen to today. So uh, rest in peace, Brother Lou Reed. We're mourning your passing even as we're celebrating uh, the Broncos in second place in their division. Uh, some matchups with Kansas City are coming up, and so we'll talk football, we'll talk music, we'll talk courage today. Stay tuned for all of that. here on the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. I um, begin my show each week with a reflection on what I'm grateful for, and I call it my moment of gratitude. It's based on the fact that every day I use my gratitude journal, the Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude, and I note those things for which I'm grateful, which just continues to remind me I have so much to be grateful for. And so today... Uh, being that my son turned 15 on Saturday, I want to pause and offer my moment of gratitude for sweet and sour 15. I'm grateful, you see, to have a son, Jordan, who, as he turns 15, is mostly sweet and sometimes sour. Check back with me when he hits 16 for an update, all right? Uh, with gratitude I, gratitude, I appreciate the way he's pleasant, easygoing, and, and truly grateful most days, and gratefully acknowledge that as a team, he'll be snarky sometimes, as he was alternately on his birthday with sweetness last Saturday. And with gratitude, I celebrate the fact that he's not too materialistic, didn't ask for much for his birthday, even as he eagerly, upon waking, went right for a small pile of gifts awaiting and actually threw away much of the wrapping and packaging. It's a good new habit uh, for teens to clean up after themselves. And, and this, plus the lack of greed, is what I'm celebrating with this kid at the age of 15. Further, his mom and I are both grateful that our son is not bugging us every day to get his driver's license, uh, or at least the permit, even though it does seem to be on his radar, and even as we're not at all eager to begin that rite of passage. And finally, gratefully, I celebrate that this and every special day we have as a family, 
Before too long, we'll be looking at colleges and sending our only child off to school, likely somewhere distant from our Colorado home, knowing that the sweet and sour son is someone we love and will profoundly miss when we don't see him daily, as we have for the past 15 years. So that's my moment of gratitude for this week for my son on his 15th birthday. And once again, I'm grateful to everyone for listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour today. I do encourage you to try to make a habit of being grateful. Of course, we don't even need to wait for the uh, lyrics to come up on that one, do we? The Beatles' uh, birthday in honor of Jordan at 15. So, uh, Haas, thanks for uh, plugging in that good music. Thanks for keeping everything plugged in and extra soundproofed with our new neighbors. Uh, much gratitude to you. And if I may, uh, as my uh, engineer and guru around here at MileHighRadio.com, what are you grateful for this week? Uh, something really special, um, happened, I think it was Thursday or Friday. I can't even remember what day it was, but, um, as, as I have said before, my wife and I have separated, mm-hmm. um, been tough on everybody, including the kids, even though our kids are adult. Uh, my son has seemed, uh, adjusted fine and, uh, we get along great, but I, 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 I haven't uh, had any contact with my daughter. For quite a while. Mm-hmm. Something came up. Uh, I sent her a, an, an email and said, hey, I've got something for the kids. Would they be interested? And to my surprise and happiness, she said yes. And so I got a chance to, I guess it was Saturday, uh, go over and see her and see my three incredible grandkids. Yay. And I am I am full of gratitude. And um, got a hug. And uh, hopefully it's a start. It it it. it. It so definitely is. And one of the things that we talk about on and off the mic, you and I, Haas, and any guest who will go there with me about gratitude is grateful for the, the, the small stuff, the little victories, yeah. the, the, the sweet within the bitter. So that's, that's wonderful. And, and thanks for sharing and, and keep after it, man. Well, you got to, you know, it, it's funny because I've, I've been thinking this weekend too, you know, we, we, we often think, wow, if only I could win the lottery. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. but then when I have that thought, then I I go on and I think, okay, I do this, I'd buy this, I'd buy that, and I'm thinking, you know what? That's why I'm not winning the lottery <laughs> because I'm I'm turning the cash. Or I would turn the cash into material things, yeah. and, and those aren't important. Uh, what's important is family and friends, and and that 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 was really apparent to me on Saturday. So, Jackie, I love you. I really do. Much to be grateful for. Haas, thank you so much. I want to turn now to my guest, Courage ex- Expert, Sandra Walston. We'll do a formal introduction in a little while, but I'm so delighted you're in the studio today. We're going to be talking about the Whole Man Expo, where you'll be one of the featured speakers. But just to turn to you uh, in the theme of gratitude and say, welcome, Sandra, and what are you grateful for? Well, we could spend the whole afternoon uh, for me on gratitude, but it really aligns closely with courage consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so for me, being a contemplative, it's being able to have gratitude just being in the moment. I can tell you uh, something really exciting that I was grateful for yesterday being in Maroon Bells was seeing a moose. 
Oh my goodness. For and I it was the first time ever in my life. I mean, I I was so beside myself to have such gratitude to see um those animals that it was just they were 150 yards away and if uh, I'd have taken a photo I'd have been saying, "See that dot? Right. That's that was actually a moose." But Good just for you you were right in the moment. Yeah, oh and, yeah. And and folks, you know, we, we most of our listeners are along the front range, but being that you can listen anywhere in the world, Maroon Bells folks may or may not know is is is, is a power spot in Colorado. It's one of the most beautiful places, one of the most photographed places. You see 14,000 foot peaks. You're near Aspen for all that it offers, the best and uh, sometimes the craziest. And you're out there and 150 yards away is a moose in the wild. Yes. In the wild. I love that. Um, much to be grateful for and, and we'll learn more about, as you were saying, kind of um, courage and being in the moment to appreciate and, and be grateful According to your style and how others can, um, how did you put it? Conscious? Courage consciousness. Courage consciousness. We're going to explore that. My guest, Sandra Walston, the courage expert. Let me just add, I'm asking you, uh, my listeners, to um, kind of contemplate the same question. If you would take a moment and consider what are you grateful for today, think about it. And if you're interested, go to my website, uh, thegratefuldad.org. You'll find the shop button there, gratefuldad.org, thegratefuldad.org slash shop to get your copy of The Grateful Dad's Gratitude Journal, and you can keep uh, a gratitude journal yourself. Um, much to be grateful for, much coming up uh, on the show. Um, Sandra's here today with our second of three Whole Man Expo warm-up shows. Next week, uh, the founders, the, the folks behind the Whole Man Expo, Jim and Ruth Sharon, will be here on November 4th talking not only about the Whole Man Expo and, and how you can get involved on uh, November 10th, but also about their work with Soulful Marriage. Uh, they've been married for over 40 years, both of them therapists and uh, thinkers, uh, who know a lot about what it takes to have a successful and soulful marriage. So that's uh, November 4th on the show. Uh, the week after that, one of my favorite fun topics, uh, get this, Jewish deadheads. Why are there so many Jewish deadheads? I am qualified to answer that uh, question. I've written a chapter of a book about it. I'm speaking at a conference on the East Coast about it. And that's where we're going uh, next week, uh, in two weeks on the show. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, we'll talk all about that. Also want to let folks know uh, that you can go to thegreatthanksgiving.com. Yeah, just like it sounds, thegreatthanksgiving.com. If you're interested in a live event I'm putting on called The Great Thanksgiving, it's a gratitude event. Kind of the subtitle is Making Gratitude Your Greatest Asset. And this is a workshop that makes the business case for gratitude. It shows you how to have a grateful day. And I'm offering it Monday, November 4th at 7 p.m. at the uh, Master Community Association Community room in Stapleton. All the information for this free event is at thegreatthanksgiving.com. So uh, I encourage you to visit that site and to join me in Stapleton on November 4th for the Great Thanksgiving Gratitude event. Before uh, we get to my guest, uh, an update that I give you every week at this time, I call it the Full Circle Fatherhood Report, and it's based on my contribution to the men's anthology titled Ordinary Men, Extraordinary Lives, Defining Moments, which is one of our uh, sponsors of our show, and, and that's why, in many respects, we're here today. And I offer this Full Circle Fatherhood Report um, based on my entry in, in the men's anthology, where I looked at how fa- fatherhood 
fatherhood came full circle for me that uh, I, I, I was uh, always my father's son and then I became the father of my son and had, you know, not much to do with my dad because he lived in Florida and I lived in Colorado. And then when his health uh, began to fail and he needed me, fatherhood kind of fell, came full circle for me. And I began caring for my father. And so today's edition of the Full Circle Fatherhood Report is titled The Office. Because the sound of an automatic garage door opening is one that I always associate with my dad. The door going up as he left early each weekday morning for his office. The same sound each evening signaling his arrival home from work and dinner soon after. For my father, his law office in downtown Toledo, Ohio, was his domain, a refuge and sacred space, I have to believe, given how much time he spent there and how much he talked about it even while at home. My dad's longtime secretary knew him as well as his family, and my father's law partners made up the familiar landscape where my dad toiled five to six days each week happily until he moved to Florida, where he also kept an office and continued to work well into his 60s and early 70s. Although I didn't go to law school, I went to an office for many years as well. For my various jobs in Colorado, Ohio, and New York, I had a desk and a phone and eventually a computer, but my heart and soul were never there the way my dad was connected to his office and his work. Let's face it, I was a lousy employee, never very good at showing up on time nor staying until the clock said it was time to quit. I couldn't really understand why it was necessary to be at the office when there were more important things to do and be doing elsewhere. Perhaps it's my own unique place in what's known as Generation Jones, being caught between a baby boomer's drive for achievement and success to keep up with the Joneses, while also compelled by the slacker values of Generation X, jonesing for more balance, more freedom, and more family time. In my case, the slacker side won out. After becoming a dad myself, it took me just a year of trying to emulate my father's work ethic before I lost my job because I took too much time away from the office to spend with my young son. So for more than 13 years now, my office has been in my home, where my own son sees a lot more of me than I did of my dad. So what messages does an omnipresent father send to his kids about work? Well, not absent all day long... As a work-at-home dad, any time I open my laptop, I'm in effect at the office. And when I hole up in my own workspace in our attic, it does take me away from the family, much as when my father was way downtown. And how does the fact that I work my work around my family time most of the time send messages to my son about what it means to have a job and be diligent in the pursuit of earning an income? Hmm. At this point, I can't envision ever going back to the office. I mean, other than the one at home, so my son will have to see me around the house, working when I can and must, and being available to him whenever he needs, wants, or asks. And I deem this a good thing. Having a father about is about as good as it gets for kids, especially in their teens. Sure, I worry a bit about my Generation Y son and that he'll get the message that work is not so essential since his dad doesn't seem to make such a big deal of it most days. I might have some concern that my boy will adopt the millennial sense of entitlement that said to be a hallmark of his generation and is true for at least or at least delay his own work in favor of living at home and off of his parents for longer than we might wish. 
But right now, I celebrate that our little family usually shares an office. As my son still chooses to have his desk in the downstairs common room of our home rather than in his upstairs bedroom the way I did. And during most evenings, like just last night, there are three of us with open laptops doing things that need to be done. And last night, when it came time to offer assistance, Jordan sent me and Maggie a shared Google Doc of his essay about Homer's Odyssey, which we read and commented on so he could turn it in today. For the amount of time he spends on his homework and the good grades he gets, I'm not really worried about his work work ethic. And I'm happy to be nearby modeling my own values and supporting his needs. That's the job we all share as a family, to stay connected, in close communication, collaboration, and in our case, proximity. That's the office where we spend the most time and do our best and most important work. And that's the Full Circle Fatherhood Report for this week. I'll post it soon on my blog at thegratefuldad.org. Step Into My Office, Baby, the band is Bell and Sebastian. If you've not heard of them, um, treat yourself. There's going to be YouTube clips and many ways to uh, get uh, turned on to a really fun band, Bell and Sebastian. I think you may know them from the soundtrack of the movie Juno, but there's a lot more than uh, what was featured there. Step Into My Office, Baby, rounds out the full circle fatherhood report called uh, The Office Today. And um, I'm in one of my offices when I come to milehighradio.com, get behind the mic, and uh, walk, uh, welcome guests like uh, Sandra Walston to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. Uh, our topic today, Courage the Untapped Reservoir, as a warm-up for the Whole Man Expo. And I'm so delighted to welcome uh, Sandra Walston uh, is the Courage Expert. She's the principal of a leadership and performance consulting firm and instructor at the University of Denver, an international speaker and author of three books, one called Courage, another called Stuck, and a third called Face It. She's a trailblazer in the field of feminine behaviors of courage and non-gender courageous leadership. My guest today is here as part of our warm-up series in advance of the third annual Whole Man Expo presented by Energy for Life and to be held Sunday, November 10th at the Ramada Plaza, Denver North in Denver. The Whole Man Expo is dedicated to honoring and celebrating men who are striving for the ideal of wholeness in their lives and the women who support them. And the topic of courage aligns well with uh, these goals and the purpose of the Expo and this program as well. So I'm delighted uh, to welcome the Courage Expert, Sandra Walston, to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour today. Welcome. Thank you. So uh, I think you know that I, I like to start out asking my guests not to jump right into the topic, as it were, but to really make themselves the topic. Uh, I do this introduction, you know, you have a wonderful website and, and uh, you know, we can let folks know how to go there. But really, beyond our websites and our work, it's us. It's the two of us sitting in this room with microphones in front of us. And I would love your introduction of you. You know, I, I talk about the, the book that uh, 
in a, indirectly connected us, this men's anthology, the subtitle of which is Defining Moments. And with your expertise and courage in mind and, and a little bit more introduction than I gave, what might be some defining moments in the life of the courage expert? Well, first of all, I think that defining moments throughout our, throughout our life are really critical. And I actually guide folks through a courage portrait around their defining moments where they can see where they're weighted and where they might be blind to some of the 12 energies of courage. But defining moments in my life have certainly been hovered around um, the courage to be vulnerable. Our culture tends to really focus on the dualities of courage and fear. I try to stomp that out since fear is is really just a creation of the ego, um, excluding things like you're in a parking lot and you sense somebody might be after you. That's that's fear. Um, or a man I sat next to on the plane in Canada, he was on his four-wheeler on a lake that was frozen, and his two young sons were on the other four-wheeler, and the ice broke, and they went in. That's fear, <laughs> and that's a split-second kind of fear. Uh, defining moments to me when I talk to people about those um, are really very diminished, but yet they reverberate throughout our life. For me, one defining moment was, how did I start this work? Because mm -hmm. it certainly was not something that I dreamed about when I was a little girl, uh, nor was I a writer, nor did I aspire to be a writer. Um, and, and so a defining moment was how this came about to start this uh, declaration of courageous intention. Mm -hmm. I, I was wondering about that. You've, you know, I, I've learned by doing my, you know, research, my due diligence before meeting you on the air today that you've had this varied career, a banker, real estate, an entrepreneur, consultant, public speaker, author. What's been the role? What, what role has courage played in your path? Well, first of all, Doug, with all of that mouthful, do you think I look pretty good for 100? Oh, my goodness. You know, I know you started working at age 10. So, you Thank know, you. a 10-year-old banker was partly courageous. But beyond that, um, how'd you? Yeah, how'd that's you? why I always say I'm ageless when somebody asks me how old I am because they think, holy moly, they must think I'm really old. So how did I actually... How did you get to courage from all of that, or what, what was the theme of courage when you were doing all those other things? Well, first of all, I think I was um, around a courageous mother mm -hmm. uh, who really defined that. But if you really need to know this really sensational, exciting, and intriguing story, yeah. uh, defining moment, uh, was that I moved with my fiancé from West L.A. to Colorado. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I got dumped five months later. So I had a lady come up to me and say, you know, you really shouldn't say you were dumped because you sound like a victim. So as a linguistics coach, I'll uh -huh. clear that up for you since we're on the radio. I was dumped and I was not a victim. Okay. And in that really defining moment, a voice came to me, and that's all I can say is that, mm -hmm. hey, basically, suck it up. You need to reinvent yourself. And I said a few choice words not appropriate for radio, like, mm -hmm. yes, I, mm -hmm. I've reinvented myself a few times before. I know I need to do that. But then the voice said, and you need to write books and awaken women originally to the feminine behaviors of courage. And I thought, well, now that's a cosmic joke. And uh, 
when the cosmos laugh, it's best to laugh along with it. And oh, you, amen. You brother. embrace that. And, and, and I love that because I'm not a psychologist. I just play one on the radio. But the idea is you heard a voice and it wasn't schizophrenia. It was, mm-hmm. you know, really a divine intervention or a, a as you say, that the cosmic forces suggesting this is your path. And it's a path you've been on for a number of years speaking and, and writing. And I want to get to all that. But before we have to go to break, um, the, the, the definition of courage I, i've i've picked up that it comes from the french but maybe you can pick up with with the what is your definition of courage and and sort of how do you begin by defining what you mean by it well i don't come up with anything specific for me sandra mm-hmm. says i really try to Im- invite people to embrace the etymology of the word courage which is medieval old french courage meaning heart and spirit or heart latin core meaning heart and mm-hmm. my hands always want to go right up to my heart mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you listen to songs and you listen to when people finally come full circle they say i i had to come from my heart yeah. bingo that's their courage. Mm. But we haven't had anything that was concrete that we could apply it to until my work. And, Doug, I wasn't writing before I had that co- that cosmic calling. That's what awakened me to uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I was not a writer. Not so much as someone who listened to your heart, followed your heart, and engaged the, the spirit, the, the true spirit of who you were. And so after, you know, as I mentioned, that that career that preceded becoming the courage expert all of that was something of a foundation and yet this was a whole new path for you that came from one of those defining moments that wasn't a uh, positive or particularly pleasant one but ultimately has taken you to places you you never even imagined when you were you know a big time banker and all the rest. Yeah, and 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 just think about it. I mean, for the first time, I was challenged a thousand percent because I was not a writer. Mm-hmm. Now I I knew that an adverb modified a verb and blah blah blah. But define your voice. Now, researcher, the extensive amount of research. Yes, that's that's a natural gift that I have. Mm-hmm. But to bring all of those elements together, to, to have an agent, New York agent, to be published by random, you know, all of that was like, I don't have a clue what I am doing. Okay. But I'm just stepping in and just continuing to do it. The heart and the spirit uh, are, are, are what's at the, the root of courage. Yes. And that's what you're embracing when you say, you know what, I may not be a writer, but there's a book in me that, that needs to, to come to, to print And if I don't write it, I don't know who will. My guest is the courage expert, Sandra Walston. And and if hearing her on the radio isn't enough and you want to uh, multitask, SandraWalston.com. So S-A-N-D-R-A-W-A-L-S-T-O-N.com. You'll learn about her work, as as we've said, um, leadership and performance consulting, speaking and writing about courage. Her three books include Courage, Stuck, and Face It. We'll learn more about her work uh, very shortly. Um, questions about courage are going to follow the break, Sandra, so I'd say be prepared, but <laughs> you don't exactly need to be prepared. That's what you talk about. And um, I'm also going to want to talk about, before our time runs out today, what specifically you'll be saying as one of the keynote speakers at the third annual uh, Whole Man Expo on November 10th. Uh, if you're in Denver, the Denver area, or uh, have a free ticket to Denver, I hope you'll join us um, Sunday, November 10th, 
all day long at the Ramada Plaza Denver North for the Whole Man Expo. It's all about honoring and celebrating men who are striving for the ideal of wholeness uh, in their lives and the women who support them. And one of those women is Sandra Walston, my guest today, on the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. You're listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on MileHighRadio.com. Courage is the topic. Stay with us. We'll be more. We'll be back with more right after this. We're back with the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on MileHighRadio.com. I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Uh, Sandra Walston, the uh, Courage Expert, is in the studio with me today as we warm up for the Whole Man Expo coming up uh, November 10th here in Denver. You can learn more. Go to MensAnthology.com, MensAnthology.com, the website for uh, Jim Sharon's book uh, that I'm a contributor to, is uh, there's a tab there for the Whole Man Expo. And if I'm reading it right this year, uh, they're not accepting pre-registrations. They're asking you to to come and um, just uh, pay at the door. And uh, a day of speakers. Last week we had Coy Theobald, who, uh, an amazing guy, actually the first winner of the Whole Man of the Year Award, uh, former radio host. Uh, I was on his show on a regular basis uh, called Man Alive Radio. And uh, we had a lot of fun with our radio reunion last week and I'm looking forward to a live reunion with Coy as he's one of the speakers at Whole Man Expo uh, coming up next week uh, Soulful Marriage with Jim and Ruth Sharon uh, to kind of uh, prepare us for the Whole Man Expo but in between um, we're happy to have Sandra Walston, the Courage Expert, in the studio. We we just kind of um, defined courage as as at once beyond definition, but kind of linguistically or etymologically coming from uh, the French word courage, meaning heart and spirit, um, which you say tells us sort of acting with courage is really about acting from your heart and and spirit. Uh, from the center of your being. I also love a quote that uh, you shared uh, from Aristotle who said, courage is the first of human virtues because it makes the other virtues possible. And then I don't know if you could expand on Aristotle or if we just need to sit with that. Courage is the first of human virtues because it makes other virtues possible. Well, if you just think of a list of virtues, which most people can't, uh, <laughs> they can come up with generally two, uh, has been my experience uh, in speaking. Uh, but you have kindness, you have tolerance, you have grace, mm-hmm. you have humility, uh, courage, and, and so forth. So if you think about what Aristotle said, that courage is the first, you, in, until you can really stay centered in your true self, until you can have that courage consciousness to know, wow, how did I just fall into that pothole on the yellow brick road and sell my soul? How did I how did I swallow my voice in that meeting again when I had a good idea? Why wasn't I honest with my spouse? 
You know, why didn't I have the courage to be vulnerable to do that? Mm. Then you know that the other virtues can come underneath that umbrella because most of us are not living in that real courage consciousness. We are living more in our false self, kind of like um, a bad version of Groundhog Day. Oh, my goodness. Doing the same thing over and day over and over. Day after day. Because, oh. because courage would be, you're suggesting courage would be that practice, that process, what it would take to knock us out of that same thing day after day, that that notion of um, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's stepping up with the courage and the courage consciousness you've described and, or at least mentioned. And maybe I should get you to do that then. When, when you talk about courage consciousness, say more about what you mean and, and what folks can do to implement courage consciousness. Well, it certainly would be uh, helpful if you've... Uh, begin to find some kind of centeredness, some mm-hmm. form of contemplation, some form of stopping, mm-hmm. um, meditation, whatever word works for you. Okay. And that way you can be um, more present in being able to recognize, wow, I just swallowed my voice again. Mm-hmm. So what was the chatter going on that kept you from speaking up? A lot of times it's just not skills, just not linguistic skills to feel comfortable. And a lot of times it's something the sixth grade teacher told you that, you know, you were never going to amount to anything. You have nothing new to offer. Whatever that chatter may be, that's the ego that undermines us and that creates that suffering. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the centeredness, the, the courage consciousness really comes from self awareness and being conscious and centered yourself. And you mentioned meditation as a practice. We uh, were, were talking on the break just there that we both uh, are acquainted with. And we, we both know Greg Geese and the Geese. Um, and you said he may have been one of the people you interviewed. He was probably one of the people you interviewed for your, was it yes. your third book? He's in my third book. Greg is wonderful. Which, so face, face it, it. Uh, 12 obstacles that hold you back on the job. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were talking to Geese and, and I, I was just noticing his uh, blog post this week was was very much aligned with what you're saying. He's talking about the need to to have some sort of a, a reflective, contemplative practice uh, like meditating every day. As my listeners know, and, and, and you've become aware as we've met, that for me, it's the focus on gratitude every day. Using uh, the Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude or some other gratitude journal to really appreciate on a daily basis what I'm grateful for. And it, it serves us well. What what more would you say to, to define, describe, or, or talk more about how might... Uh, how anyone might go about kind of adopting and stepping up to this this courageous consciousness, this courage consciousness. Well, like I said, becoming more astute in recognizing what the scripts are that might hold you back. And I was just talking to a friend of mine that said, you know, I wish I should have, could have, would have gotten a divorce uh-huh. sooner. Um, you know, but the fears that keep us stuck, hence the title of my second book, that keep us stuck in the same kind of thing. And life is so precious. It's so short. It doesn't matter what your age is. And I don't have to worry since I'm ageless. But um, it, it's it's just more about being able to, to, to stay in one, what I call one's true self as compared to when your time comes to pass on, you can look at what percentage of your life was filled with regret. Mm. And regrets are lost courage. I wish I would have done this. I should have done that. Uh, mm. You know, those sort of things. As, and, and keeping a centeredness in our voice of that I stand true to myself no matter how 
much vulnerability or awkwardness it may take, particularly in relationships, which is why Jim's work is so wonderful yeah. that he does in for marriage. Yes, the soulful marriage work. Yes. So um, I saw another of your favorite quotes, or maybe this is your your all-time favorite courage quote from Robert Louis Stevenson. Mm. Everyday courage, he says, has few witnesses. It is no less noble simply because no drum beats and no crowds shout your name. And I, I, I really like that. Everyday courage has few witnesses. It's not like the drums beating and the crowds are cheering. It's staying centered on a daily basis, speaking from your true and authentic voice on behalf of yourself and those values that you care most about. Uh, and and I like this question that um, I think you're going to pose um, in part when you speak at, at the Whole Man's Expo in terms of how might your life change if you discovered that for um, that some of your everyday behaviors actually demonstrate profound courage. I think if we really regarded ourselves as courageous, it might empower us more on a daily basis. And Am I on to something here? Yeah, you're on to something. And one of the biggest hindrances for being a trailblazer in this in this field is because our culture really focuses on the sensational, the amazing, the tragic, the scandalous, and glamorizing the superficial. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at that and you look at media sound bites, how could I possibly have done anything courageous? I haven't saved a drowning child. Mm. I haven't run in front of a truck. Yeah. You know, I mean, those kinds of things that are uh, sensational or have a story that I'm stuck in, yeah. that I'm attached to, that would be uh, perceived as sensational. For example, I'll make one up. I've had cancer four times. My husband left me, and then my son committed suicide. Mm. You know, so if you look at that, well, why does that sad story? Yes, there's a lot, a lot to be said for that. But why would that discount somebody else who doesn't have something at that level? Yeah. But we tend to discount our own everyday. Um, journey, whatever that journey might be. I mean, as I as I reflected on on the notion that you suggest that that you know everyday courage has has few witnesses, and really that the things we do every day might be courageous. I mean, I look back, and this is one of the you know sort of turning points of the essay, or it's really the starting point of the essay I put in the men's anthology, where I lost my mother at age seven, and and I don't know that that's you know a courageous place for me. But it's it's all the years, you know, the, the 40 plus years since then that, you know, everyday courage came into play for me, um, turning down a dream job to stay in Colorado because I knew that where I live is more important than what I do or losing one of my last desk jobs that I mentioned in, in my uh, monologue there. Uh, here in Colorado and then, and then starting my own business because living my value of being an involved dad seem more important than climbing the ladder in somebody else's, you know, structure. Um, that seems to be what you mean by everyday courage and then hanging in there every day in my relationships and trying to speak authentically and, and, um, not, um, not exhibit the fear of doing nothing or saying nothing in those situations where it really is more courageous to be true to myself. 
Yeah, when you were telling your story, I was just going being defining moment, being defining mm-hmm. moment. And then the issue is, is that I came up with in my research that there are 12 behaviors of courage. And so we're a lot of times weighted in like, yeah, I know how to speak up or I know how to take risks. Um, and so um, if you look at those, then you might be blind in some of the others. And so then how can you how can you balance that out to say what might have been some lost opportunities Mm -hmm. chances gone by because i didn't know that energy the word the word virtue in latin is vers meaning energy Mm. so it's not about how fast can i talk but it's about whether or not i can distinguish those 12 energies so as you were telling your story which would go in my book but doug you won't make it on oprah no amazing stories i'm sorry those stories will not and i love oprah but it's it's just they need to be amazing and tragic so so when we talk about oprah's amazing stories of courage they're kind of over the top and and you know you might call them exceptional about but but what you and i are kind of talking about here is redefining courage from those exceptional which are really just exceptions to what you're calling kind of the everyday courage um what would you say gets in the way of of people claiming their their everyday courage and and their courageous leadership well for for one thing i think it's important to recognize that when i'm talking about courage people tend to blend that with bravery mm-hmm. and bravery and courage are not synonymous terms we also tend to blur that i'm not a hero uh-huh and so there's a big catch in our culture about i'm not a hero so uh, there's so many hindrances that keep us from that. Do you know that wh- however many people I'm speaking to, however large the audience or how small, when I say to people, how many of you were raised with some virtues, regardless of your family environment, but you learned some virtues, everybody raises their hand. Sure. When I say, how many of you naturally through natural conversation in whatever your family environment was, you heard the word courage? Hands never go up. I'm my hand is is staying right here on the microphone because did I hear the word courage growing up? I would say absolutely not. Not not certainly in my family of origin. Maybe on um, you know some sort of like you say Oprah or some other uh, television uh, sort of uh, ext- you know the the, the, the extraordinary. But but everyday courage was not, you know, it's not an everyday household kind of conversation. Right. So if organizations had a courageous leadership mm-hmm. charter mm-hmm. that they uh, founded and created and then honored, this is what we follow, then the word courage doesn't become this big word like, you know, me, courageous. Uh, no way. Mm-hmm. Um, every day when I choose to, to say yes or no or how I want to craft my life. Uh, or having the courage just to stay in as a trailblazer in this work. Uh, I'm declaring my declaration of courageous intention for my life. You're empowering me, if I may. You know, people are, oh, here he goes. And, you know, that's all that cliche. <laughs> but, but you know, I do. I mean, just hearing you, you know, and your story and how courage shows up as the courage expert, um, it empowers me. It, it really reminds me that, yeah, you know, Courage means getting up every morning and, and, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and forging forward, especially, you know, thinking about myself and not feeling selfish about it. But, you know, it starts, my world starts with me and knowing that I'm a trailblazer myself, you know, 
the Grateful Dad is really about gratitude and fatherhood and and, uh, and men and and women as well being empowered to to really recognize what we're grateful for and get the most out of every day. There are so many rewards of gratitude, and yet I don't practice it, and I don't keep them in mind, and I don't, you know, as you're giving me permission, feel empowered and, and, and feel courageous, then, you know, I might as well go back to that office job, to that desk job. And, and look, you know, I am glad that everybody who has work has it. And I want to pivot to something if we can. Um, as a consultant, both of us have the privilege, the honor, the opportunity to do work in the workplace. We work with people in the workplace. Um, and I know you've, you've, uh, learned this. I just wonder if you would, you know, elaborate a bit on, on, on how and why courage is restricted in the workplace. Well, there kind of gets into a courage paradox. Okay. So let's say I'm your boss. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I say, okay, we're going to develop a courageous leadership charter. We're all going to be together and design it. It's not me telling you. Okay. And then I then I go, holy moly! Now how do I control them? Ah, it's there's the paradox. Is is do I as a leader really encourage uh, courage, or am I a little afraid of not being able to manage once I've empowered people with it? So there is a paradox there. That that's the answer to my question. Then sometimes courage is discouraged in the workplace, or at least restricted, because it doesn't fit well with the old style of top-down leadership and command and control that comes from a traditional organizational chart. And you know, I've done a lot of work, and I learned a lot of this, and did it back in the day uh, with my friend, our friend, and my colleague uh, Greg Geeson, where you know, encouraging teamwork and empowering folks to work as a team. Um, that's, that's been a courageous change in, uh, those years, um, that it's been implemented in the workplace. But generally, um, with all due respect, because I know there are leaders who are leading the way with this, but, but I'm hearing you say, or maybe I'm just wanting to hear you say that, that, uh, there's not as much courage in the workplace as there is potential for courage. And, and I'm just, you know, if you can help me paint that picture, it may help me in my work. It may help our listeners bring some more courage into the workplace. Well, I don't see a lot of organizations that I work with just looming over with uh, uh, spirit. I mm -hmm. mean, most people are pretty dispirited. Yeah. Most organizations are dispirited. They're not really doing their passion. Yeah. Uh, and so when you have passion in your life, like I see that you have and Jim has and, and the geese has, then, you know, you're feeling self-fulfilled. I wrote an article called Courage is Caged in the Workplace, mm -hmm. and it came to me, as most things do, in a visualization, and it was kind of like somebody invited me to their 20-story uh, office building. I said, Sandra, come in. Welcome. I want to show you where our IT department is, and, and oh, great, and now I'm going to show you where accounting is, and then I kind of rib them in the elbow, and I go, but what is that cage over there with all of that chain in that, that area? And he goes, oh, oh, that? Well, that's where when we come to work we put our spirit no and that's what i see most people feel is they're just like oh today's monday oh. and yeah. i always think well what would it make it tuesday if we got rid of monday yeah. but there's just really not that passion and that self-fulfillment mm -hmm. you know that you had the courage to do to go from that you know corporate desk job or yeah. whatever and yeah. just saying but this is my passion and i'm willing to take have the courage to take a risk and and to and to do this the same thing that that I've done 
you know, and, and you remind me of something that my corporate career, brief as it was, was preceded by an even longer time spent uh, in the ivory tower. My career was on college campuses, you know, a student and a student affairs professional, an administrator, a teacher, and, uh, you know, piloted higher and deeper as long as I could stay on college campuses. And I picked up a book at some point uh, in, in those years, I think, during my doctoral work, and it was about the history of higher education and working in higher education. And it was the title that resonated with me. The title of the book was Killing the Spirit. And it talked about how academia and the pursuit of higher learning, as it were, killed the spirit of those engaged in it. And um, I did give it a, a, a good college try, you might say. And yet that was not uh, a milieu that I found particularly uh, courageous for me. Although there's a lot of potential, a lot of courageous people working in higher education, and and I do get a chance in my own consulting to work with several of the universities. And you've taught um, probably more adjunct and affiliate at the University of Denver, and that's the way that that I've taught for many years. I. I Early on, began to regard that work, by the way, as as migrant education work because we travel around to very various places to work in education, but we're not paid full time, and we don't always get the benefits with it. So, um, I, I, there's another quote that I traced to you that that really resonated for me: um, "Living life with verve, verve." is a cultivated skill. And I think you've affirmed, you know, that it's something I've sought to cultivate. Living life with verve, you know, with vigor and spirit and enthusiasm is a cultivated skill. Um, again, any any quick tips, uh, thoughts, and, and, and how one might cultivate verve in their lives? Focusing on gratitude makes a big difference. That's, thank you. I mean, I know it's working I mean, for me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying that because of that being your identity. Um, gratitude is critical for me, and I write about it uh, in my last two books and wrote a poem about it. And many times we're so caught up into one of the most annoying things for me is uh, when people tell me how busy they are. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like busy has become a mantra. Mm-hmm. And so I usually do a jerk number, mm-hmm. and I say, gee, I don't know anybody who isn't. <laughs> and uh, because it's just like, oh, really? I mean, we yeah. all are. Yeah. Um, but what I do a lot of times is I keep what I call a lucky list. Okay. And um, I jot down everything like, wow, I had no idea something like this the universe was going to bring into me. It can be mm-hmm. um, big, small, whatever. It how lucky I am. How lucky I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we tend to forget about the gratitude. I mean, today, I mean, I've been in Canada last week and, and then in Carbondale and the the leaves and just, I mean, I'm just like oozing over yeah. of gratitude. Yeah. Of, wow, look at that leaf. Of course, I slice a, a lemon and it's a perfect lemon and I'm going like, wow, look at that yes. lemon. Yes. You know, I mean, that's where How it lucky really is. I am. How grateful How I am. Lucky I am. Grateful. Living life with verve is a cultivated skill and that's kind of what we're encouraging on the Grateful Dad radio hour that you uh, cultivate verve, that you step into your true voice and courage. Um, Sandra Walston, the Courage Expert, is my guest today, and this is all in advance of the uh, Whole Man Expo coming up on November 10th. You can learn more about my guest, SandraWalston.com, S-A-N-D-R-A-W-A-L-S-T-O-N.com. You can learn about the Whole Man Expo at mensanthology.com. Before we have to wrap up, you're a featured speaker, uh, as I said, at the Whole Man Expo on November 10th. It's Ramada Plaza North, uh, Denver. What are you going to be talking about there? 
My topic is courage and inside job. Ah, courage and inside job. That's where it is. A little insight into to what we're talking about. Well, we're going to cover some of the things that we have, like just understanding the definition of courage and mm-hmm. looking at at uh, some of those defining moments in our life and uh, the duality of how the ego tends to really trap us into dualities, good, bad, pretty, ugly, courage or fear. So unless my knees are shaking and my teeth are chattering, how can I possibly have courage? But I always think what Lily Tomlin said of why courage is important. I, I just love her. And one of her quotes is... Uh, I've always, um, oh gosh, I, I know it so by, I've, I've always wanted to be somebody, but I realize now I should have been more specific. <laughs> and with courage, you can become more specific about who you are in your true self. Okay. So here I am, I'm sitting with the courage expert and I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to your talk, uh, at the whole man expo on November 10th in Denver. Um, I'm feeling empowered. What I, what I take from today is um, courage is not about, um, as you say, you know, pulling someone from a, a burning building or helping them avoid getting, you know, hit by the truck at the last minute. I mean, certainly that's an in-the-moment act of courage. But just as as living life with verve is a well, and it's not even you. You probably don't define it as courage because, yeah, it, it's it's not necessarily from from the true. Um, sense of courage. It's, it's more, as you know, it's sensational. I, thank you. You know, for, I'm like, okay, I've only, I've heard this once and I'm making sense of it. But what does make sense to me is that each of us every day when we are, are centered and grounded and speaking authentically and, and going after what really, um, our, our, our spirit is, is most attuned and attracted to, that's courage. And, um, for that, we need to uh, develop courage consciousness and and have this sense of please. And how about just start saying the word? Just say the word. Just courage. start saying the word. You know, you haven't said it in your family with your son. You can point it out to your son. Mm-hmm. Wow, what is his name? Jordan. 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 I admire the the courage that you had to stand in your convictions. I admire the courage that you had to take a risk and do something you've never done mm. before. I admire your courage, you know, for facing a fear of something that I knew you really didn't want to do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm getting even more specific tools to take with me and so are our listeners because yeah, you know, Maggie and I uh, talk a lot about, about, you know, there's things we know we don't need to say to him and really never have that there's a lot of baggage when you say, I'm proud of you for this because in a lot of senses, you know, proud of you for other things that I'm not heralding, but to call it what it is, the everyday courage, especially for a teen today to speak up and speak out and, and whether it's, you know, in a bullying situation or in another where he believes in something and he speaks up. And I feel, you know, just by talking to you today, similarly empowered. And I know folks will when they hear you speak on November 10th. So Sandra Walston has been my guest. SandraWalston.com is where you can learn about her. Um, Three books that are uh, available on the site, one called Courage, one called Stuck, one called Face It. We haven't even gotten into, but you can learn about it on the website. You've trademarked the term Stuck 
thinking, and maybe I'm so stuck that I didn't let us get there, but I was kind of stuck on specifically on courage. So for another occasion, let's talk about that. Um, I wanted to make sure, since I've been referring to it all day, that you had a couple of books as parting gifts. Um, the Extraordinary Men, uh, Ordinary Men, Extraordinary Lives, Defining Moment, Jim Sharon's Men's Anthology, and also the piece that I've put together. It's not like writing a book so much as giving people a place to put down uh, what they want to celebrate daily, like your lucky list or just the idea of recognizing gratitude on a daily basis. So that is the Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude. Um, I'm grateful to you for being here, for your good work and sharing it with us today. I'm grateful to my listeners for uh, taking the time to help us get ready for the Whole Man Expo with uh, Sandra Walston, the Courage Expert, and with me, the Grateful Dad. I'm looking forward to closing out our warm-up series with uh, Jim and Ruth Sharon talking about soulful marriage next week, November 4th. Until then, I'm the Grateful Dad. I'm Doug Gertner. And I just want to remind you this and every week to be courageous and be grateful. And in many ways, they're one and the same. And I'll meet you back here next week. Uh, same time, same place. The Grateful Dad Radio Hour on Mile High Radio. I'm Doug Gertner, and I'll see you then. Till then, be grateful. 